Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast and our first chat of the new year. Hi, gals. Hello. Ready for 2021. Today we are going to check in and catch up and we haven't talked to each other since the holidays so we're all gonna get the get the latest and uh see how everyone's year is starting yeah so who wants to start um i'll go i can go all right so everything was pretty low-key for us which is very nice however i will say that i've been triggered quite a bit lately because um steve um has recently gotten into smoking cigars with his friend now Mm. i don't necessarily mind that he it's typically on friday he'll go with his buddies and he'll smoke a cigar that's not a big deal but on thanksgiving the wednesday of thanksgiving i had gotten um a semi truck had sideswiped me and so i had planned a my yeah i was yeah yep yes but my van's fine i know the the kids were not with me so it was whatever i got real pissed and he didn't pull over so i kept i was chasing him on the interstate and then the cops told me to not chase them it was just like a whole (laughs) stupid thing so i i have my van back so thank goodness um anyway so i was a little bit raw from that um considering that my mom was killed in her van you know somebody had hit her so a little bit on edge anyway so it was a Wednesday of Thanksgiving uh typically we go to my mom's side for Thanksgiving which is about 80 plus people um obviously we cannot do that that is just not safe with all of my aging aunts and relatives so I had planned a zoom meeting so um she was like hey I'm gonna go smoke a cigar I I want to I, it's the weekend and I want to I'm like okay so we did and I was like kind of bummed because it's like why aren't you gonna sit in on this family thing that I planned and like there's a good chunk of my family that came on the zoom and I had made a movie and down anyway so that happened and I am very not emotional and I started to cry just because I had seen some of my family that I hadn't seen in a while it's the first time in 34 years I have not been to my mom's side for Thanksgiving so it was just emotional time um and my dad showed up actually on the zoom which was very surprising because he has not shown up in eight to ten years or something so okay it was nice that he got to be on um so it just kind of felt kind of like old times which is nice I was very emotional there anyway so and then he had smoked a couple of cigars by himself because he kind of felt in his head that he deserved it I don't know the kids were annoying him or whatever and then he had a conversation with me I don't like how I'm feeling about smoking cigars I am thinking I'm like when I do it with my buddy it is more occasional but now I'm starting to feel differently about them Mm. and I had told him all along like I did not like him smoking cigars but he wanted to you know people are in my ear bitching let him have a thing like he gave up all his other things let him have a thing and so it just made me really nervous because nicotine is addictive and anyway so we had that conversation I was like okay well if you do it on the weekend you know on Friday with your buddy that's fine and then he's just done it a couple more times and I'm like I don't know just getting really pissed about it it's triggering quite a few things for me and we've had some disagreements about it and I don't like I don't like it yeah and I, I don't think I can't really do anything about it so you're saying that he's feeling addicted to them yes and no but that he's having those thoughts like oh like when I get home I could have one it sounds so it sounds like it's more you're like you're concerned about like the pattern of behavior that it's like creating of like oh this is you know, some, a way that I treat myself or, 
if things have been, if it's been a bad day, then I deserve to have whatever to make me feel better or, and like seeing that pattern with drugs and things. And so that's, what's making you nervous. It's not that it's like, Oh, the cigar, like specific to the cigar. It's the way that he is using it. Correct. And, and it, and it is very much in the infancy. He has recognized it. Um, We've talked about it. I guess my fear is I'm already spinning it out too. He's going to have the cigars and then he's going to have his cigarettes and then maybe it's going to be a drink of alcohol. Mm. Now he has a really wonderful recovery program, XYZ. It, it is (laughs) 99.9% not going to get there, but it just is bringing back old feelings that it's like, can't you just give it up? It's interesting though, because even outside of addiction, so many of us have these like little things, like comforts, you know, like I love my coffee in the morning. I get it. I like drink it every single day. I wake up and look forward to it. And that's an addictive thing. And it's a comfort. And like some people like their glass of wine after the kids have gone to bed or, or like I treat myself with Diet Coke. Have yeah, my I cook mean, every day. It's so weird because it's such a natural thing for so many people, even outside of, um, I mean, so many things are addictive in that, like, they provide you a little bit of comfort and, like, you're, like, I, <laughs> my thing right now is I go, I've, I, every morning after the, in the baby's first nap, I drive to Starbucks and I get the same thing every day and I, it's like my little alone time. Like, it's not even about, it's just the whole routine of, okay, now I have one hour and I call my mom and we chat. I sit in my car in the driveway and drink my coffee, but I'm like not at home and it's like my thing. So I understand the need to want something, but it's, yeah, it's a little bit weird when you have a history of having those attachments to really destructive substances but right I think some of it is just normal stuff and I think a lot of it is like it's just weird though like when you've been attached to something so addictive like what is it going to take you back to wanting the other substance like your main substance well and something that is you know it takes you back to something that is destructive I think that's what is scary because mm-hmm. I mean obviously like me drinking my diet coke every day like that's not the healthiest thing like there are other things I could do but there are also worse things I could do but I'm also not worried that like that diet coke is gonna lead me to shooting heroin mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like yeah right um yeah and so it's yeah. learning when you've seen that path for them but it is good though that he's like recognizing. Yeah, it. I feel like did that give you any sense of like reassurance, or did that like heighten your your fears because he feels like he's noticing it as well? Yeah, it probably heightened my fears because I almost in my brain was like, I knew it, mm. I told um, you so. Like, don't go down this path. Yeah. So, but there are other like he's doing other healthy things too, right? I mean. Correct. So he's a different person than he was when he was addicted to heroin. And so you have to kind of take that, like the whole picture into consideration. You know, he's a different person and he has a lot of healthy habits he didn't have back then. And you guys have a channel of communication that you didn't have back then. Correct. Yeah. The person that he uh, smoked cigars with like on Fridays, is that a recovery friend or... No, no. He, I mean, he knows the journey. Yeah, but uh, he, no, he is not a recovery friend. Just an old high school friend that we've become close with again. With it today, like, what's the? You just kind of left it at. I'm feeling weird about this. Did he? Is he doing anything? Or like, what was kind of? Sure. So, like. Again, I kind of bring it up because so he has had his five years of sobriety. Therefore, insurance companies, um, the odds are in his favor of not dying from an overdose. And so that's great news. So we started the process of getting more life insurance. And so we received the paperwork to fill out and send back. And he has his health screening on Tuesday. 
well, the first question it, and, and, and we had to wait. So it's five years of recovery plus two years of no nicotine time. Mm. Mm. Hashtag cigars have nicotine in them to get the best rate. Right. So anyway, so we waited for that long and um, he finally hit it. Thank goodness. And but now he has to write down cigar. So now I'm pissed because now he may have to, we may have to have the smoker rate because they're going to see it in his blood or whatever they take. Mm. And so it just pisses me off that these fucking cigars mm-hmm. again could potentially be prohibiting us from. So I don't know. I got, I have a hang up about these cigars and he's going to continue to smoke them. And I just, have to figure out a way to because I agree that it's you know everybody's got their vices but it's just annoying yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is my very vanilla bitch rant of, no, <laughs> of how things have but been I think going that goes us. to show that like not every frustration related to addiction and recovery has to be some like huge dramatic event Mm -hmm. like I think part of it is these are things that we are going to be living with forever and they show up in like the small areas and sometimes it's intertwined with like just normal people problems as well but maybe it's like layered on and a little bit more complex because of the history um so yeah I think I I don't Mm -hmm. think that it's like vanilla yeah well I'll tell you guys another thing that kind of surprised me so life insurance so again I got in a car accident it got me more hyped up about you know when I die and so we're meeting with a lawyer next week to go to get our will and our living will put together and I told him I was like hey just so you know like these are just a couple things that I had in mind I was like who's going to take care of the kids and I was like you know we got to figure out the money thing and he was like what do you mean And I said, well, we have to, like, when I die, you're not getting all the money. Mm. Like, I'm splitting it three ways. And, like, I'll have your mom watch the money. Because if I die, I don't know what you'll do. Like, could you go back out again? He got so mad. (laughs) Like, so pissed that he was like, I can't even fucking talk to you right now. Or I'm going to fucking lose it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So then we start watching TV and then he pauses it and he's like, okay, we have to talk about it. I was like, okay. And like, cause my mind's not changing. Like he cannot sway me on that. And so we did come to the agreement. Like he understands where I'm coming from. Um, but we have decided that we will somehow figure out a neutral third party. So it can't be anybody in the family that would be able to, that would have access to the funds so that he can, get it say if you want to pay off the house or the girls need a college or whatever it may be like somebody else he would have to ask somebody else for money for them yeah because i told him if if i die like i have to protect my children like i don't know what you're i mean you're a wild card Mm -hmm. i don't know what you're gonna do that's true for as many years as recovery yeah so i i don't know if if either of you had kind of ever thought of that but I mean, that's just no, something. I have not. Actually, when you were talking about you know your life insurance and will planning, I'm like, I am so unprepared. So, <laughs> well, when you have kids, your brain changes into like, what happens when I die? Like, who's going to take care of this person? We did that. So I got life well, insurance, and um, uh, Charlie is not the beneficiary on my life insurance plan. So I, I, I had that same thought, but. Yeah, I do have life insurance through work, but I've not, I don't, I have to look and see who my beneficiaries are. I doubt it's Jake at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, plus, you know, Steve and I's parents both died when we were young. So we both know what, what happens and what can happen. So, yeah. So I think that that's just more like you know, we're going to put in the wills, like where we want to be buried, how we want to be buried, what we want everything to look like, because that was very stressful. My mom did not have that. And so, and I'm 98% sure his dad didn't have that. So that, that is just such an unnecessary burden. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so those are my kind of two things that were a little bit surprising that kind of surround addiction. Yeah, that is the, um, 
did the like actual holidays create any sort of triggers for you or things felt pretty good this year? Yeah, everything was really great. Um, there was no triggering, no nothing for us. So that, that was really nice, especially it was very low key. I mean, we saw very, very few people. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you guys? Um, I think so for us, the actual <laughs> holidays um, were fine. I, I did think like in the last few weeks, like I would have lots of moments of like going back to like last year, like, oh, last year at this time, I left Jake in front of Fairbanks and oh, last year at this time I was with my family at Thanksgiving like a week out from breaking up and, you know, just felt horrible. And, oh, last year at this time was the first time that Jake reached out to me on like Christmas Eve. And so like those things would pop up, but I felt, I guess, like pretty proud of myself in that like I wasn't ruminating on them, um, which is something that I tend to struggle with. Like in the past is I'll get all like flashback to those moments. And then I sort of get stuck back in those feelings of how I felt at that time and let it like interfere with the present. And so I was felt like I was good about like recognizing like, okay, yes, this was last year here. I'm glad I'm not there now. I'm glad I'm here. And then sort of like shutting down the thought um, rather than just like sitting in it sad and then using that to like turn into a fight about something else or whatever so really um the holidays are pretty like uneventful for us and it was nice we got to see both of our like immediate family and sister and brother-in-law and the baby on christmas day and um then jake's parents and sisters and their kids like a couple of days before that um, but we didn't do any of the like extended family, um, which was kind of nice because we didn't have to, you know, rush around from place to place and just got to like chill at home. Um, I think what has been stressful with the holidays, like relates to COVID and his recovery and the fact that I knew that I wanted to see my family and my sisters being very like cautious with the baby and what people are doing. And so, I mean, for the most part, we've been very good about, you know, being in our little bubble, but like Jake is a little bit of a wild card because he has to go to his meetings and he needs to like maintain um, relationships with like some of his like recovery friends, which is always something he's struggled with in the past. So that was something last year when, you know, he got into recovery, he was like, I, this is a point I'm making to like maintain relationships. So then once a week, he's been seeing um, like a couple of his recovery friends outside of meetings, which I don't know, is fine. Like I, I'm glad that he's doing it, but then it also creates, makes it a little challenging sometimes about like, who can I see based on what he is doing? And so we've had some like, arguments at times of like can you just not go this week so that like if you go and then you're seeing so and so and so and so and they've seen who knows who like that really makes it hard for me to then go and be around my sister and the baby um and so it's just been like this clash sometimes where it's like I know it's important for his recovery that he does does these things but then you know, make, I have to like sacrifice certain things. And so there's been a couple instances where we've gotten like in some big fights about that. And I think what I, at the end, I've just always been like, can you just recognize that this is hard for me and that I'm having to make sacrifices? Like, like sometimes I think it's just, I would like that recognition of, yes, I know I've made the choice to be with somebody who is in recovery And these are important things for his recovery. And like, I want him to be healthy so that our relationship can be healthy. But that means that I have to make concessions and things. And I think sometimes it would just be nice to like 
I don't know, get a little recognition for that or something. Maybe recognition is the wrong word, but I think that's where I get frustrated when I feel like he's not realizing like the effect that that has then on me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so I feel like that's been our biggest thing in the last like six weeks is just like out who he's seeing and what he's doing for recovery and then what that means of so do you think that any of those feelings are carrying over from you know keeping the house running and um you know from when he was out using like are any of those like frustrated feelings of like wanting the recognition any of that carrying over from that time um i mean yeah i'm sure it probably all is like layered up in there just the fact that yeah I mean we all have to do a lot of things to like keep things moving or I don't know to be in the relationship and it's hard because you make the choice like I know that I'm choosing to do this but it doesn't mean that it's like I'm not going to be frustrated at times Mm -hmm. what does he say to it does I mean does he recognize it or yeah, he, he recognizes it at the end. I think it's just what we, it goes back to like, we have to like work on, I mean, communication is always a thing. Like it would, I feel like I would respond better if, you know, he proposing like, hey, so I'm going to do this. Like, how does that, what do you think about this? But he always, he presents things more of like, this is what I'm doing and the decision is done. And so then I get like offended because I'm like, hello, there's two of us here. Are we not going to like compromise on something? Um, but then it feels like we're in a situation where like it's hard to come to a compromise on that because it's like if I don't want him to go and he wants to go like <laughs> one of us just gives in or something you know um yeah so I think that is I don't know I feel like it would I would respond better if I felt like he came at it a different way but sometimes it just feels like oh his mind is already made up and that I don't know if that makes sense so yeah I think we struggled with that too I mean I think it kind of It's like, it's part of the learning, I think, in recovery, or at least it was for Charlie. And because he was coming from a place of like, everything was just about him. It's a very selfish mindset when you're using. And even in early recovery, it's also a very selfish mindset because it is very important to protect your recovery, especially early on. But at some point when you're trying to do this with a partner, you have to learn how to manage, like, how to respect and manage the, the, the relationship. Like, you, it's more complicated than just doing recovery on your own when you're right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's important that you go to meetings, but this is, you're not alone. And you have right. you've chosen to be with someone else. And now, like, you are managing recovery while also managing a relationship. And it's a little bit different. And so I think it's one of those skills, though, that they kind of have to learn. Is like how to communicate effectively, how to consider someone else, because for so long, it's just been in their brain. It's just been how do I take care of myself? How do I take care of myself? Whether that is, you know, finding drugs or making sure you're not sick. And then, you know, and then it transitions into how do I stay sober and that kind of thing. But at some point, you know, you have that, especially in a relationship, which is probably why they tell people not to be in relationships initially. Um, it just complicates a lot of the things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it harder. But I mean, it's just something that I think is, well, I know that Charlie had and I had to work through. It was very, he was very selfish. And how did like, we had to kind of find our rhythm in all of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and even outside of like, if you take the addiction part away, like part of like Jake's personality, he's like always kind of had this fear of like losing autonomy over himself. 
And mm-hmm. so he is very big on wanting to make sure that he is thinking for himself and that he is just not going along with what, you know, the media is telling him to think or what I'm telling him to think or what his family, <laughs> like, these were issues that like he had like growing up, like with issues with authority and people like telling him how to think or how to dress or what is like cool. And so that also comes into play and then mixed, you know, mixed in with all the addiction parts I feel like it can be challenging where sometimes I I'm like oh yeah is this like it's just just him like I don't know I have to figure out I have to the way that I like come across like make sure that I'm not being like you need to do x y and z because I like I said so yeah I don't know there has to be I guess the same way that I was talking about like oh I wish he would present things to me as like hey here are some here's what I'm thinking about. Like, what's your input? Um, I have to like think through maybe the best way to approach things with him. So it doesn't, so it feels like he has some like choice in the matter or I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I know you can't, he's like, sometimes he'll get into, well, I don't know if I'm thinking for myself right now, or if these are your thoughts like you know telling me what to do like because I so many times will be like well is this what Liz wants me to do or is this what I want to do or you know how is Liz going to react and then he gets all in his head about what you know what are his choices or his feelings versus like what are mine and I'm like I don't really think it is that that deep but yeah, yeah, it's weird. That's that's interesting that he thinks like that. It's like he just wants to it, it's yeah, the the desire for that control or like it's just very interesting. I wonder what all that's about like yeah, I don't know. That's very interesting that he's so not obsessed but kind of conscious of that. Mhm. Yeah. I agree. It's very interesting. I wonder how that like I don't know it almost sounds like a little bit of a burden like to have to think through all of that well (laughs) like sometimes it's just nice like to have someone be like this is what we should do I know well and like I said before (laughs) and my therapist and I she's talked about this as well because you know Jake and I saw her together for a long time so she knows him very well and she'll always say things like, well, you know, it was a little bit of a different way of thinking. And we talk about how like exhausting it must be to be in his mm-hmm. mind, like all the time. I mean, there's a million things running through it. He, he's definitely one of those um, addicts with like co-occurring issues, like ADD, anxiety, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. there, I think there's just always a lot running through his mind. <laughs> he's trying to process then sometimes I'm like, you're, you're making this harder than it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. So is he getting, I don't think we've talked about this before, but has he um, tried to address some of those kind of uh, mental health issues that he may have, or is he kind of not there yet? Um, So through his, this is not ideal, like, um, but through his probation, he's required to, they set him up with a like therapist thing that he has to do as part of that, but it is not probably, I don't, I don't know. It's not probably the best therapist for him. Um, But Mm -hmm. it takes up like an hour a week. Like I think he has to talk to him like an hour a week or every other week. Um, And so I think though, that once he gets done with that part, it would be beneficial to transfer over to like an actual therapist and work through that. Um, Cause that's something that he has not done. So like we did couples therapy for a while and now he's been doing his, you know, working with a sponsor and things. But I think the next like missing piece for him is that like individual therapy. Mm-hmm. How's he doing on his steps? Did he ever he finish? He is making Has he ever amends. Once? I'm waiting on mine. So, yeah. 
We'll see. Um, but he has made several and has started like paying off things. Like he started with the ones where he, I think they were more like tangible of I owe people, sure. you know, money for X, Y, and Z, you know, cause I've stolen mm-hmm. from them or done whatever. Um, <clears throat> so he's made it through a few of those, but yeah. So what is that? Like nine step nine. So I guess he's on, I think it's the ninth step. Yeah. No. yeah and the last ones are like living. Yeah. And so like he does. So, so we, I don't know. I actually was thinking about that the other day. I was going to ask him like, Hey, so like, how do you know when you're like through the steps? Um, because like you said, Alex, they're like the living ones, like 10 is a prayer and he does it like this prayer every night. Like he has it like hanging up in his like closet and he like reads through the prayer and whatever. And then I can't remember what 11 and 12 are, but it's about like, you know, doing like a daily inventory kind of and helping people. And so he's doing those things and like, he's been volunteering with overdose lifeline for a while, which is that like helping people part. So I don't know if that's like considered that he is through the steps. I think so. Or when you're done with your amends, I think. And then the rest is kind of what you do every day. Well, yeah. And the amends, I think, you know, his sponsor said they might, it might be something where you're working on the amends for a while, depending on like how many you have or like how long it takes to pay off things. Um, So it's kind of like an ongoing Mm -hmm. thing, but yeah, so he's definitely right. uh, like the furthest that he's ever been. And I feel like, you know, he's like living the things as opposed to like in awesome. the past where it's kind of <laughs> felt like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I checked the box. I think I'm done with that one. Mm-hmm. And how much time um, does he have now? So 11 months was 10 days ago. So. A year on okay. January 19th, I think, is the date. Awesome. Yeah, so hopefully, Very cool. you know, one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, yeah. what about you? Your Christmas is usually <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, I had an eventful Christmas this year again. Um, not because of Charlie, which is good. So, um, Charlie's doing fine. Everything's been going well there. No change. He's still doing his individual counseling, which is really, really helping. And he gets his year next week. And hold on. Well, this a year, Mm -hmm. like this is the longest ever, right? This is the longest ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's had, I think, 10 months before this was the longest, or 11 months, something very close to a year. But yeah, this is the longest ever. Um, so that's good. I just, and just to note, I think that's very, a very interesting part of your story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been at this for almost five or so years, and you stayed with him through many, many, many years. <laughs> yeah. And so the fact that, you know, he's almost got a year is a big deal. Yeah. For for you and and for him it's very too. Exciting. It's a good. It's an it's a a big. I think um, mental roadblock he's had for himself, like thinking like I'm never going to get there because it's it really has been like like ten eleven months and approaching that one year and then relapsing. That's happened like the last three years. So um, this is a big. This is definitely a big deal. But he's not like. He's excited. He asked if we could have like a special dinner, but he didn't. He's not like, oh. I don't know. He's not overly excited. I think he's like the right amount of like, mm-hmm. this is good, you know? <laughs> he's not giving it too much weight to where, you know, it's just, he's just kind of proud, but it's not like the biggest thing to him, which is good, I think. Yeah. Healthy, like realistic view of it. Um, so yeah he's doing well and and all that we had our baby's first christmas which was cool um we didn't really do anything we got him like two gifts he spent like 20 dollars on christmas this year but (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm just like soaking it up we i was telling charlie like this is the last year that we get to kind of do nothing for christmas so let's just enjoy that so um that was cool we just kind of hung out but then on christmas eve 
my um, dad, so I think I've talked about this before with my stepmom and um, kind of being using recently and kind of things coming to a head with that. So um, I've been kind of coaching my dad along for a few months now. And I don't know, about every week I call and check in and just like, hey, how are things going? And like, what are you doing? And um, how is she doing? And all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, things haven't been improving. She won't go to treatment. And for a while, she's she'd been denying that there was even a problem at all. I mean, like hundreds of dollars were disappearing and she was just denying that anything was happening. Now we're to a place where she's like, okay, I have a problem, but I can manage it on my own, which is, I think, common mm-hmm. in this whole progression of things. So she, yes. um, anyways, my dad has been um, kind of more aware of her manipulations and lies and things like that than he was in the past. And he's also just been very mindful about trying not to enable her, like blatantly, like, just giving her money um sight unseen you know so it's gotten to the point where she's the last few weeks had been like stealing more money and saying that she was going to go christmas shopping and get like all the grandkids gifts and things and came back with like one bag and spent like thirteen hundred dollars um so stuff like that and so anyways, it kind of came to a head on Christmas Eve. She said she was going somewhere, doing something. And my dad was like, I, I call bullshit. So he kind of like uh, went where she said she was going to be and she wasn't there. Mm. And then she wouldn't say where she was, but she had taken money out of the account again and this whole thing. So he left on Christmas Eve um, and came to my house and has been here since. So in the in that time like charlie and i have kind of been coaching him on like this is like just kind of teaching him the things that we all learned through like the family group of like you know how you can have your own boundaries and how you like kind of getting off of their merry-go-round because he was very much on her in her control yeah like she knew exactly what to say to get what she wanted from him and my dad's just kind of a sweet guy and, um, you know, he's easy to take advantage of, which is great if you're his child, but um, <laughs> not great in this situation. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we've kind of been helping. She basically, like, sent him a text the other day and was kind of telling him that he's abusive and he's controlling and you know kind of projecting a lot of things that he's lying to her and like she I don't know she's just kind of being mean to him and um Mm -hmm. so he we told him not to reply so he deleted it didn't reply and then um yesterday she sent him another one that was like more nice but and then she kind of conceded like i'm not going to rehab because uh this is also just also interesting because she was very supportive of charlie going through recovery but but now she's like i don't want to be labeled an addict and i don't want that Uh stigma and so i'm not going to rehab but i'll get on suboxone but she wants to buy it off the street and and um uh, <laughs> my dad doesn't know what that is so he like we're just helping him like see what she's trying to do. she's trying to control it like we've just talked yeah. about you like, know she's, she's like, not surrendering correct. to it she's like no not at all so um she wants my basically she wants to continue she wants to make it look like she's willing to like compromise with my dad um she's realizing like he's serious and he's not coming back (laughs) and she doesn't that's her lifeline for her drug use my dad i mean she doesn't have a job she doesn't have any income um she drives my dad's car my dad pays for her cell phone which these are things that i keep talking or keep talking about like taking away so we're slowly getting there um so yeah so he didn't reply last night but charlie actually talked to his counselor about this whole situation yesterday and she um encouraged him to kind of take the lead on responding to her because 
he oh. understands mm-hmm. her mindset and uh sure. can maybe help like talk to her in her language but like knowing bullshit you know like he knows like my dad doesn't understand drug life he has no idea what suboxone is or that it has no street value or he doesn't understand any of this so having charlie communicate with her um or at least like be helping my dad along so that you know she can't manipulate the situation um might be good so we talked about that last night and um so i think charlie's going to respond to her tonight um so we'll see but i think she's getting more desperate she's she took money from him on christmas eve and that's been a little while now so i'm sure she's kind of like getting to the point where it's like okay when's he coming back (laughs) and he's he's not so uh, i i anticipate her getting more and more desperate and so we kind of prepared my dad for that um but yeah i don't know it's it's crazy it's it's kind of it's really really sad um she's like my dad and i had a conversation last night about how hard this journey is through recovery i mean like you mentioned i've been with charlie through lots of relapses and this is a person who wanted to be clean from the moment I met him you know and like she's not even Uh, there yet like she hasn't even really truly accepted she has a problem and um she's unwilling to get help you know it's just a really really hard road and so for I was just telling him you know like there's there's nothing to even talk to her about until she's willing to get treatment i mean you can't have a relationship with this person because she's not being honest with herself like there's no way she can be in an honest relationship with you because she's not living in reality (laughs) so um yeah yeah i don't know i'm happy to answer any questions i just um that's the 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 overview that i can think of right now but yeah it's it's kind of a mess and it's just kind of interesting to be on like this side of it and yeah I don't know so it's sad I hope that she gets help I mean my dad's going to continue to set boundaries and like have consequences um so as those progress I think it will be interesting to see how this all unfolds Mm -hmm. but yeah I hope the uh, desperation and things lead to her wanting to get help. Mm -hmm. (sighs) What is, um, and I told, I was just going to ask, I'm curious, like what's like Charlie's perspective of seeing this or like, has he said what he thinks your dad should do or, cause I I just, I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. like when Jake moved back in, um, right at the start of like quarantine and everything and then a few weeks later like a couple a few of his like close recovery house people relapsed and it was so interesting to me to see like his reaction towards them of like they have to do what they're doing like how he was able to be like hands off and I was like making mental notes of like okay the way he's responding about these things is like how I would need to respond to him or just like the things he was saying um so I was curious Mm -hmm. like you know how if you've noticed anything about charlie that makes you Mm -hmm. think like all right take notes for if we ever need to use Mm -hmm. this for him or something um so he it's interesting because he is the the most rational one so my dad and i which is just so funny it's like reflective of the dynamic with our Mm -hmm. partner because uh, my dad, she'll send like these like monster paragraph text messages. I mean, you have to click into them and then they open <laughs> a giant thing. I don't know if you've ever gotten a message like that, um, but it's like a chapter book. <laughs> so she sent one of those the other day and my dad and I are like reading it and like talking about like, what is, what do you think this means? Or what do you think? And, and then Charlie reads like the first two sentences and he's like, no, she's bullshitting you. Dude, there's no point in reading it and deletes it. <laughs> And he's like, we're not, there's nothing to talk about. And so it's just so interesting. He's like, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. Like you guys need to stop. And it's like, oh, you're right. Like we are like, 
treating this we are just like trying to decipher and like I think as the spouse and like the supporting person and all this it's so hard to not like try to figure it out like crack the code and like what is happening and like read between the lines and like what is the truth and what isn't and what do they really mean by Mm -hmm. that and at the end of the day Charlie's like she all she means is that she's saying whatever she thinks you want to hear so none of this matters like none of this matters like none of this is real and it's like oh yeah all right (laughs) you're right (laughs) so it's interesting but he's just very like black and white with it um and it's interesting that he's like I don't know. It's like he's the the strictest towards her. Like we are more compassionate and like more like, well, maybe we should do this or this. And he's like, no, don't do any of that. <laughs> like he wants harder huh, consequences. And um, yeah, so it's very interesting. He's kind of the the one like we're easy to uh, manipulate, I think. And he's just like, no, don't do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous she's going to, like, pawn the car or So it's in my dad's name. So technically, she can't do that unless she does that illegally. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's the next thing I told my dad. I explained to my dad, you know, if she gets in a car accident and something happens and that's in your name. And so he understands. So he's – that's the next thing he wants to go get. He also has, like, thousands of dollars worth of tools and, like – I mean, there's so much and just trying to explain to him that like, dad, that's cash, you know, like that's going to be gone. And he's like, no, that would have to be really, she'd have to be, that'd be really low to do that. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to get really low. And he like, he just like is viewing her as this woman that he loves and cares about but she's not that person right now you know like it's hard for him to imagine her doing really grimy things and um so there's some of that where he's like no she Mm -hmm. wouldn't do that and i'm like dad she will like she will. or you think like with things like that they like love uh, or whatever like oh they would never mm -hmm. do that but yeah i think it's so desperate like mm-hmm. um when what oh when jake moved back in he was like looking for this record and he was like oh shoot i'm really afraid that it was in one of the piles that i like pawned like it was like this special record that would be worth i guess money but he was like i probably pawned the whole pile for like 25 dollars and could have got like you know a couple hundred mm-hmm. out of that one record and he's like I didn't even like think about the fact that it was in there and so of course now in his like sober mindset he's like really disappointed that he doesn't have that but in the moment like mm-hmm. it just didn't even yeah. matter it doesn't matter yeah so I don't know it's a mess but yeah I'm just slowly trying to like show my dad like this is like this is the addiction this part is the addiction and like explain that like but i mean he's gonna have to see it for himself yeah. i think you know so oh, right yeah i mean and so if if anybody's interested it's episode 35 mm-hmm. she's an addict if they want to hear the backstory and and just so people know like your dad and stepmom they are not technically no. married so like if pe- people are thinking like oh he can't do that it's like no. they're they're, they're no... engaged but no they're not technically married. I call her my stepmom for simplicity mm-hmm. but yeah no they're not yeah. legally married um, and luckily you know it makes it easier to separate in a situation like this um, but right. but yeah I mean it's it's wild so we'll see how it goes I'm just sad you know I'm I'm kind of mourning the loss of like a grandmother for my son because she she's like so, has been so involved mm-hmm. in my life since she's been in my life you know and has been so loving and supportive of me and Charlie and like I was just really looking forward to like my my son getting to know her having that kind of love and support and it's like that's that's the part that's hard for me personally of just like 
and mourning the loss of a potential yeah. just a good person for him to have you know supportive person so that kind of sucks so we'll see what happens but it's not looking Jeez. good mm-hmm. yeah it's probably gonna be rockier before it gets better unfortunately but i'm glad that your dad has you as a support kind of a mentor and a guide um because it's you know i mean i think you said he's in his 60s yeah it's hard Uh, yeah and he's like he's like successful and healthy and loves to travel and has a lot of energy and i'm like trying to tell him like dad like don't you want to enjoy these years like these are the years that like you can do whatever you want and it's all kind of holding him back you know and um i just want him to like enjoy like he's worked so hard his whole life and like just want you to enjoy the things you enjoy and you won't be able to really do that like it's gonna be really hard for a while and um yeah yeah i mean not to discourage anyone from doing it but it's not an easy road you know (laughs) recovery i mean especially with the relationship it requires both of you to do a Mm -hmm. lot of work um right yeah so if the other person's not in it it's just gonna make it even more i mean it's just really hard so anyways i'll keep you guys updated that's that's the latest crazy well, awesome. I mean, well, happy holidays, ladies. I don't know if anybody has any more closing words, but we've given some good updates. We are excited for another year of boy problems. 2021. Yeah. Got to be better yeah, than 2020. Be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Well, everyone, thank you, as always, for listening. Happy 2021. Connect with us rate review give subscribe however you'd like hello at boyproblemspodcast.com thanks for tuning in to boy problems podcast if you enjoyed today's discussion be sure to rate review and subscribe to this episode find us on social media and if you have questions or ideas for topics email us at Hello at boyproblemspod.com.